Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times— to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. I think in the, in the conversation about perfectionism, we need to demarcate between having high standards and striving for the unattainable. Mm. And striving for the unattainable is crippling. And then you find that you are compounded with anxiety every time you think you think you want to start that tax, you want to start executing the tax. You start thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not qualified mm. to even start. Right. But when you start from a place of what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? Yeah. How do I envision? Why do I want to do it? When you start with those questions, it makes it easier for you to get into what you want to do. And it makes it easier to silence the imagined critical voices. Hey, my name is Sarah Ozo-Irabo, also known as Books and Rhymes from Books and Rhymes Podcast. And you are listening to the amazing Wannabe Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wannabe Podcast. I'm your host, Imri. Wannabe is the podcast that takes you from where you are right now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you for staying subscribed and listening in. You can subscribe for free and catch a brand new 30-minute episode every Wednesday. And if you enjoy this episode, tell a friend, tweet me at Wannabe Podcast or screenshot and tag the episode and tag at Wannabe Podcast in your Insta stories. This week, I'm joined by my dear friend, confidant and advisor, Sarah Ozo-Irabor, also known as Books and Rhymes. She is a culture critic and digital content creator. Sarah utilizes new media to engage in honest, insightful and accessible discussions about literature and reading culture. She's the creator and host of Books and Rhymes, the podcast, where she explores the intersection of literature and music, which launches on April 29th. If you are taken by her, you can also find her on the incredible Shoutout Network podcast, Not Another Book podcast. Sarah is also an extremely talented photographer, so get to know her. She documents and platforms literary works by the African diaspora on her website, booksandrhymes.com. In today's episode, we talk about Sarah's journey into photography, the importance of creating and cultivating a community, and we also talk about how she launches new podcasts. Let's go. I know you first as a photographer. Yes. Can you... Tell the people where the interest in photography came from. Okay. Where it started. To everyone who is of Nigerian descent listening to this particular episode, I'm sure you will not be surprised at what I'm going to say. Every Nigerian child that I know has a memory of an auntie or uncle or even your mom just shoving camera in your face. Oh, yeah, smile. Ah, you're looking so nice. Oh, look at your clothes. Oh, so lovely. <laughs> well, they don't speak that high. <laughs> but I'm just... <laughs> Well, you know, so growing up, I have, we have photo albums. We spent a lot of money 
processing films, film whatever, whatever you call them at that time. Um, and so I've just grown up in an environment where you take pictures. And I'm that annoying friend when you go on holiday with mm -hmm. who just takes pictures of everything because I believe everything should be captured. And I realized when I was older there is a, that there is a political dimension to it. Okay. That the... Um, that the BAME community world, to be specific, the black community in Britain are mm -hmm. under-documented photographically, you know, or even if they are, those photographs are not readily available. Mm -hmm. So I, going back to jobs, I quit my job um, and then I went to university to study a course out of intellectual curiosity. And then um, out of that, it was, you know, it's an aerial study. So out of that, I bought myself a DSLR, so a professional camera, And I just thought, it, and you know, you see students are always, um, you know, uh, what's the word, protesting on campus. So I joined student societies and we're all, you know, black. We're always protesting about things because there are things to protest about, you know. That's <laughs> so hard not to laugh. But if you know Sarah, you'll know, <laughs> you'll know why it's funny to laugh at that particular statement. But we so, digress. <laughs> so I take my camera and I photo document these things. And my very presence there with my camera then gives credence to what is happening because those oh. photos can then be documented on Facebook and the conversation then carries on outside of the physical space. And then um, the first ever real quote-unquote commission that I did was a self-commission that I did was with Media Diversified. They, in I think some years ago, they did the Eight Women Award. I just happened to come to London, went to the event. I had my camera with me mm -hmm. and I asked them, do you have anyone photographing it for you? They said no. And I was like, but it's such a wonderful event, you know. So I photographed it for them and I gifted them the photos as a gift of posting on your website to let people know that this happened. And that then went on to what I call photo activism, where I go to event organized and curated by black women, photograph it and give them the photos because people have so many things to consider when you're planning an event that photography is the last thing you think of. So that was my gift and my contribution to the documentation of black creative presence in the UK. Why gifting and not just saying, uh, not even like a pay what you want or here is something in exchange? Why mm. Why the idea of gifting, giving something? So what is, a, I guess, quintessentially valuable? Um, why gifting? Because I'm trash at pricing for my, <laughs> for my <laughs> skills. <laughs> This is the podcast all about uh, knowing how to well, price yourself. Well, it is. Knowing because your value. Let's be perfectly honest. I always operate from a place of absolute transparency. Mm. As a creative, I it's difficult for me to place a value on my skills because a lot of my skills and the things I do is because I love them. And as, and also it's even more complicated if I like the person mm. whom I'm doing the thing for. And if I recognize that you have limited resources for me personally, I think why am I restricting your resources that you can you know um you can funnel elsewhere yeah. so this is like one-to-one -one. so if i'm doing something for you imri because you're my friend i don't think for me it's like i'm not going to charge you because you're my friend um and also because if i know that you ain't got the dough to pay me for it it for me is unethical Me personally, mm -hmm. it's unethical. But for businesses, oh yeah, you gotta pay me dash money. And the way I determine my rates with regards to charging establishments for the money is mm -hmm. I ask other friends. Yeah. I ask people what the market rate for the skill and the gift and for the skill set is. And I use that to negotiate my rates with organizations. So it's a twofold thing, you know. I want to pull up on the asking people element of that because 
one that is the most solid advice ever given that you should ask people <laughs> other people in your industry you i think are quite unique though in that you can literally ask anyone for anything and get it um because you have like an audaciousness which i respect and admire like n- no other person on this planet can walk the, uh, the way sarah can and is able to just acquire information you make me sound like i just go and grab you, you know? do i i respect it because it's in, it, there's an inherent charm and likability that you come with in every interaction there's a a very genuine authentic and this is authentic there's a genuine curiosity and interest and then you're very direct in what you ask for and I think some people are very uncomfortable with that level of mm. directness that they yeah. the, they don't want to deal with the discomfort. So they, they, they give you what yeah. you want. <laughs> it's actually very incredible to watch in person. Like I definitely would recommend following Sarah around, not in a store way, just to see, see it live in action. It's like, how did you, how did you do that? <laughs> how did you get this thing? I don't understand. I've been trying to get that for ages. Um, but I think that how did you develop that level of... Um, I guess that that audaciousness mm. um, to ask for what you want and to essentially maneuver and develop what is a, a great charm. I, mm. Or have you never thought of yourself no, in that way? Like why? It's just part of your personality. It's just you know. Well, I'm naturally cheeky. Well, not not like the oh cheeky. You know what I mean? Not. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'm but, a- <laughs> but do you know there is this sense of. Uh, <laughs> This episode is going to be a mess. (laughs) Well, I am. And I think it's just growing up in an off-kilter kind of environment where I didn't grow up in a place where there was like a strict set of rules. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew what was expected of me. Do your chores, go to school, do well at school, come home, do your chores, play, go to bed, done. So there is a lot of fluidity in terms of how I navigated the world and how I made friends and things like that. So, and for me, the primary thing, like I said, is authenticity. You know, Um, if I'm coming to you with a place of honesty, and I want to make it very clear, because in answer to your question, um, how do I get, how do I convince people to acquiesce to my requests, Mm -hmm. for want of a better word? Um, I'm very forthright. If your interests are shifting, which they have, so photography, even though I think all of these things, you still operate all yeah. at the same time. And <laughs> we were talking about Emily Wapnick before the episode started. <laughs> so in the words of Emily Wapnick, a multi-potentialite, always following curiosities and gathering new skills and then oftentimes combining those skills to mm-hmm. create new things. Yeah. How do you then, What what is the shift like? You get, you're going from photography, which is like an, a passion and an interest and the actual interest, it seems more, less so in the actual skill of photography, but more in the activism and mm. what it can do for the fellow man. Mm. And then we, I guess now we're entering the phase or the chapter in your life, which is mostly about <laughs> books. Um, and actually, when I met you, books was not a main discussion point. Like I actually knew mostly as photography, mm-hmm. cultured lens as um, this archiving of black black yeah. britishness um in britain and then yeah now we're in like the kind of bookstagram podcast phase <laughs> yes. which seems actually entirely unrelated but not really because mm-hmm. if you follow books and rhymes on instagram actually there's this kind of white mostly documenting mm. black african and african diaspora books and mm. content so it's actually there's like this kind of i guess a consistent thread yeah. of 
documenting the undocumented yeah. and archiving what is traditionally gone unarchived. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, is that always going to be the consistent theme in your, is that the core mission in your work and that's what drives you always? Or do you see that kind of evolving and changing into something else? This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. I'm the kind of, I, I, I move with intuition. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the decision that I take, the moves I make are, uh, they're sort of, uh, I wouldn't say they're conscious decisions per se. They're informed by the subconscious, but which is not to say I'm just going along like, mm, I'm going to do this. No, <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm going to do before I execute them. So what people don't realize is you see like, oh, Sarah has started doing this thing. Oh, it just came out of nowhere. Nuh-uh. There's been a lot of thought processes behind it. So in answer to your question about documenting the undocumented, I think that's just, yeah, I think that's, that's a recurring thing theme in everything I'm doing even mm-hmm. with um you with the photography with um bookstagram with the documentation of books on instagram even the website that I'm developing at the moment is still all about documenting um the undocumented but more so it's about disrupting the status quo okay that's the primary thing the primary thing is disrupting the status quo in a way that they don't see coming I think that's the most important thing. A lot of people, when you when they think of activists, think of you know, rah rah, I'm gonna burn my bra, and I'm gonna. <laughs> well, I'm being I'm being dramatic here, but you know, you think of direct action. Yeah, I'm more into indirect action. Indirect action in a way that benefits the many, right? Um, and in a way that it benefits the many, it does not compromise your voice, does not compromise your principle, but it's open for all to consume. So you're shifting the landscape, you're shifting people's mindset, you're shifting people's thinking without them realizing that that's what's going on. And you're making it so nice and easy for them to consume and digest, right? That's on one hand. On the other hand, so by doing that, you're, and also you have to have good content. Mm. You have to have very good, like I strive for excellence in everything I do, you know, and I've been told you know, that, you know, you should stop striving for perfection. That is true. If perfection then prevents you from executing tasks, yeah. then don't strive for perfection. Ooh. Strive for being your best. This sounds like a sizzler right here. <laughs> <laughs> that you is know? a very good point. Yeah. I think in many ways, we have a very similar work ethic. Um, it's probably why we get along, actually. Like there's a, <laughs> something drives us to keep doing things. Mm-hmm. I think we're both perfectionists in life, like, but it, it doesn't prevent me from just mm-hmm. executing. I'm like, I want to execute quickly, but I want to make sure that when I'm executing, it's the best foot forward always. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I do know that like some people use perfectionism as an excuse to just not try to not do so i think that is a really key difference that you can be a very good perfectionist and still execute on something i think in the in the conversation about perfectionism we need to demarcate between having high standards and striving for the unattainable Mm. and striving for the unattainable is crippling 
And then you find that you are compounded with anxiety. Every time you think you think you want to start that tax, you want to start executing the tax, you start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not qualified mm. to even start, right? But when you start from a place of what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? Yeah. How do I envision, why do I want to do it? When you start with those questions, it makes it easier for you to get into what you want to do. And it makes it easier to silence the imagined critical voices. There is an internal critical voice and the external Mm. critical voices. The sort of imagined people who are going to tell you that your work is not good enough, your output is not good enough. When you start from a place of, when you center yourself in your output, whatever that is, it is easier to silence everyone. Because as long as you are happy with what you have done, burn everyone. (laughs) The straight face that came with that was beautiful. <laughs> Appreciate it. I wanted to speak on Instagram, Bookstagram specifically, because it's a unique and special community <laughs> that I have only dabbled in. And it's a wonderful community. If not for a brief while, but my God, it is like a community I have never in my life experienced. It is so fervent and engaged and excited and just loyal and Ah, uh, the, the gossip, the dramas. I was like, you used to tell me about bookstagram gossip, like on a weekly basis. I'm like, but there's some books. I just don't understand. Um, it is a beautiful community, and I've actually had the privilege of seeing you basically start this account, mm. this Instagram account, um, pretty much almost from the beginning, really. Mm-hmm. And to where 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 are we? Like a, two a year and a half? Almost, yeah, not even two years. Not even two years. I didn't think so. A year and a half in, and you've been very much like adamant that you're going to do it organically. Mm-hmm. You post pretty much kind of when you want, which yeah. I <laughs> one I appreciate. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I come from the marketing space of you have to do it this many times a week, and this, this, that, and all of these like rules, like these arbitrary rules that actually don't actually don't do much for the, you. The thing is, why put yourself pressure? Why pressure yourself? And invariably remove the joy of what you mm. what you love. Why? Honestly, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I one that's one thing I've seen where you've grown this community that has just been building and building and building. And every time you are genuinely grateful and you're filled with gratitude yeah. about who's following you, who's commenting yeah. and engaging. Every time new followers come along, you're very like excited. <laughs> Your Insta stories are always <laughs> off and popping. You're like one of the most giving people on Instagram oh, um, where you're constantly giving people shout outs. You're talking about other books, books to grammars and other Instagram users. You include your followers. There's a lot of like organic and authentic engagement. And it feels like a time consuming and very like, I guess, yeah, it just feels very time consuming. So I wondered how you, I wondered how you manage your time when it comes to crafting your community, but also how you still kind of give so freely. And mm. is it that it gives you the energy or do you find that it is also just as draining to kind of be as giving to mm. others and shouting at others? Or is it just something that just gives you no, so joy? No, see, I think of my, the people whom I connect with on Instagram, I see them more as friends. Because they're real people. They're real people who um, would DM, they DM me and we have honest conversations. So they're not just numbers or statistics, which is why when I started growing my page, listen, when I hit 50 followers, Imri knew how excited I was. (laughs) (laughs) When I hit 100, I was like, oh my God. Listen, Imri has been through like the thousand. Oh my God. I think I I did a giveaway (laughs) for like. You did a lot. Yeah. 
I remember like even I got involved with trying to get you to the thousand boy. Like all of my Instagram accounts had to start following you. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I was so surprised because I was close to a thousand and if anyone has ever tried to grow organically on Instagram it is one of the most it's frustrating hard. platforms Instagram has taught me it has taught me patience I mean I'm forever thankful that I started on Instagram I like that I'm so chilled that I'm just not fussed about anything is because Instagram has beaten all of that out of me. I mean, by Instagram, I mean Instagram's algorithm. My Lord have mercy. I joined when the the um, the feed was chronological and then they changed it. Now you didn't know. You couldn't see what people are posting. We're just like your feed, your thing may not come up on people's feed. Yep. So you have to become quite creative on making sure people see what you're posting and all that malarkey, you know. Um, anywho, I digress. So, um I mean, how do I, I mean, in terms of the community, I joined Instagram because I just wanted to platform books and promote and write about books that I loved and books that I enjoy reading that people aren't reading. And so people started following me, me without me actually following people. And I started Books and Rhymes. I didn't tell any of my friends that I had an Instagram page for books, which is why I'm always yeah, still... Yeah, you didn't. I, I didn't tell told anyone. quite late, actually. Yeah, like, I didn't tell anyone. Late, a few weeks in, there was a couple of posts already there. Yeah, before I didn't I, tell anyone. I even followed it. The reason is because I wanted the freedom and autonomy Okay. to develop my own voice mm. and to develop what I wanted to do because I just wanted this. I knew that I was always going to, um, I'd, I I knew I was going to be in the in the book ecosystem. I've always known that, but I didn't know how I was going to, how I was going to occupy that space or what the space would look like. What I knew was that I did not want to go the traditional route because everything about me just rebels I just, I, mm -mm, I can't mm -mm, what, go and be begging someone to come and work for them. Are they mad when I have my skill set, when I, I'm me? Like, who are you? Do you know what I mean? It's just too, it's just too <laughs> stupid, that whole system. Well, the people are doing it well done to you. I'm just not made for that, yeah. you know? And because I know who I am, um, I like to do life on my own terms. Sure. So I didn't tell anyone that I was starting an Instagram page, which is why I'm so genuinely surprised when people still follow me and so the people who followed me will have an honest conversation because like oh you're following because you want to not because it's like oh Sarah I started a page oh please let's follow her let's engage you yeah. know kind of stuff um <laughs> <laughs> do you know how your friends I are they love you yeah but they, they, they follow but they don't engage yeah of course the people whom I'm friends with like my my, my ride or die my the people I roll deep with on mm. bookstagram they're the same they're just like me very giving very generous and I've experience the generosity firsthand so why can i like why would i not reciprocate the generosity that i so experience freely mm. like you know how dare i not you know reciprocate i don't understand you know for example like you i'm you know i'm gonna jump the gun now but when not another book podcast was about to launch mm. you know it was through instagram that I, was, I put yeah. the word out so i was like ah Okay, if you've if you've ever watched my Insta story, you'll not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Best screaming. It's like, oh my god! And so, okay, Very exciting place. So I put. So I I think what I did was um uh I let people know that I I did a post that I'm oh I'm my friend and I were going to put together a podcast, and then um, one of the strategy was to send preview episodes of the podcast. So people, if you're ever going to start a podcast, that's a really good strategy. Send preview out to people to listen to and give you brutal feedback. Boy, we got pages. Yeah, yeah. But hey, because yes. because they already know, like. because of the quality, they see like the quality of review that I put out. Mm. And so they know that Sarah, this we've got to rise up to Sarah's level, kind of. Mm. You know, so we've got to give Sarah what she gives out. 
kind of stuff. So that's why we got such extensive feedback because I was like, be brutal to us. Um, so one of the feedback was, you need to show your face on Instagram because we don't see your face, we just see your book reviews, right? Yeah. And so I posted like, oh my gosh, la 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 la, this book is coming out in my very humorous way. And so people just ran with it. Like, oh my gosh, this podcast is coming out. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it did so really quickly. It was so it was quick. Like a, a freaking bushfire. Like yeah. it was just zoom. Like that. I was on it. It took me by surprise. I was yeah. like, this is one. It was the most exciting and exhausting launches. Of my <laughs> life. I felt like I was up for two straight weeks just on the Not Another Book podcast launch because we said people don't share it. But next, you know, this, the same person we sent it to, Insta Story. Guys, I just got this new podcast. <laughs> Can't wait for it to come out. It's amazing. I was like, oh, okay. We we don't do secrets no. on Instagram. We no. Do, and the people we have who... exclusive releases and people really go hard for it. I want to get to the podcast because that is the newest iteration <laughs> in the books and rhymes. <laughs> Sarah's brand new activity. <laughs> so you've you've been doing not another book podcast since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but books and rhymes technically came first yes and was in the making from almost a year ago yeah um actually more than a year ago more than a year ago yeah Yeah. and so we fast forward to a year i went to the first live show at waterstones (laughs) with um namwali yeah it's amazing um very well curated very well produced very well done thank you excellent job it was was actually excellent i was like this is the first live show like what is this and it was sold out i need to step my whole game up um (laughs) but no it was it was actually incredible the podcast hadn't hasn't even launched yet can i just say the podcast hasn't launched yet it doesn't exist you can't go anywhere and find it yet (laughs) but there was already a live show in waterstone thank you and goodbye so um (laughs) All of this to say, why the po- why a podcast mm-hmm. for books and rhymes? Why now, and what does this mean for bu- for your bookstagram? Like, how will the two exist? Okay, why podcasts? Uh, because I'm a talker, and it makes sense. Um. <laughs> <laughs> why not YouTube? Oh yeah, there's going to be YouTube. Oh lord, yeah, okay, so you're doing all YouTube, the whole thing, yeah, media. oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. documenting. You know, documenting our presence is very important. Time is an important, is is just, is important. Taking time to develop your idea, taking time to fine tune, taking time to seek advice before executing is the best gift you can ever give to anything you're doing, any idea you want to execute. I can't overestimate the importance of time mm. in that time of, you know, conceptualization, gestation, processing and executing, breh, brethren. Um, so obviously Books and Rhymes was in the works um, and then I interviewed the two co-hosts separately and we met up by accident or oh, serendipitously on Boxing Day 2018 because I still remember the date, 2017, I remember the date. And That's true, I remember the phone call on the train. Yes. Coming back from my Christmas, Yes, uh, my family Christmas. You're like, I have an idea. Yes. Why could these two people? <laughs> I actually remember it. Yes, I was on the train. I remember I told you, I was, I was having a bath to go and meet one of the co-hosts that day. 
And the name just drops in my mind, not another book podcast. And I was like, and the first thing I always do. So people, if you ever get an idea, if you get a fantastic name, go to namecheap.com. I know you shouldn't promote anyone, but everyone else, they charge you um, when you want to renew your domain name, but Namecheap, they don't charge you or however way you want to promote it or you want to secure your domain name. Anywho, secure your domain name. If you think of a name, go and find that domain name, secure it, secure Twitter, secure Instagram, secure the Facebook, like, listen, get your real estate lock. If you don't end up using it, just have it. You might sell it for big money later. You don't know. Anywho, so... <laughs> I have not endorsed this message of reckless spending on domains. Not every idea is a good one. So. Yeah, but still, it's only like £7 to secure a name. £7 is a lot of money. That's bus fare. Bruh. Bruh. Had I not secured Not Another Book Podcast, Bridget. So you secure it on... Well, I secured it immediately. Then I went to have the conversation and they were all on board. And I spoke to you. Yep. Obviously, Shout Out Network, boss. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be Shout Out Network. <laughs> um, you know, done. I couldn't have done Books and Rhymes in conjunction with Not Another Book Podcast because podcasting is labor intensive. It's very labor intensive. I mean, you can't spend... If you spend... If you overextend yourself on too many projects, you end up delivering half-assed products. Mm-hmm. Spend all your time. And I remember I was saying to you, I was like, I didn't realize how much effort it takes to do podcasts. And I didn't even have to do nothing. I just came, turned up, spoke and left. It was mostly the the promos and the getting the word out there and also doing the physical legwork. Also doing the, you know, the online legwork is a lot of effort. It's so time consuming. People really do not understand. <laughs> Brethren. The, the, the recording part is the easy, the tech part. You can get over that real quick. You can record anything very quickly, very cheaply, with a great amount of ease. But when it comes getting to the word getting out. the word out, getting earballs, earballs, right? Is that even a yeah? Earballs is the same thing. Ear, They're looking the at the artwork ear, and listening, listening, right? You ain't, you know, you ain't gonna get it. But the good thing that made one thing that really helped, not another book, was the already existing Instagram audience. Mm. So sometimes, so the plan with the promo of. Not another book was as soon as the episode drops, I do screenshots, um, screen record of our episodes and I post them on Insta stories so people can hear snippets that I think will capture attention that will then go and listen to the podcast. Even before I post the Insta, so people are already posting mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, listen to not another book podcast, hey, yeah, you know, and already yeah. tagging us. So they're already doing the work for us. So the, which makes it easier for me to repost their Insta story. Um, and it's just wonderful, you know. So that was not another book. And not another book, it was great because it's, it, I was able to see how it works. It was the blueprint, basically. It was, is it a blueprint? The test case mm. for books and rhymes so I saw how that works I saw what worked what didn't work and I was able to learn from that process so when can we hear the books and rhymes podcast hey so okay so the podcast will be available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms on the 29th of April um so go on to booksandrhymes.com to join the mailing list so you can get first tips and first information on the podcast follow me on instagram so you can you can watch my lit, i mean i do all of my litty 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 insta story and also follow me on twitter why do i sound like this i don't know you're doing fantastic work on wannabe thank you and you're amazing and thank you for having me finally on your podcast Thank you, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Why do you sound so cool? Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Emery.
Thank you so much for listening in. If you're listening via the Apple Podcast app, please do me the small favour of spending five seconds to leave a rating. If you like how this podcast is made, then reach out to the Shoutout Network by visiting shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Also, we are hosting the Content is Queen Women's Podcast Festival on May 18th at King's Place. Yes, that is a venue change for those of you holding tickets, and we will be putting that into the newsletters and on social media. So please stay tuned for the official announcements. If you're a woman interested in starting a podcast, then do visit the festival website at solifefestival.com for more information. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Wannabe Podcast, and I will see you next week. Bye.